All right. Hi, everyone. It's Obiabuchi here with the Leading From Your Core podcast and vodcast. This show is dedicated to helping leaders all around the world discover leadership wisdom, stories, and insights that will enable you to tap into the power of leading from the inside out. And I'm delighted to welcome on the show Bodhi Aldridge, all the way from down under. <laughs> uh, good old Australia. Um, Bodhi, great to have you on the show. What time is it there, by the way? Right. Thank you. It's about 7.30 p.m. So, 7.30 uh, yeah, p.m. Cool. So yeah. you're still, still awake. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just for you, Abby. Just for you. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Well, hey, listeners and viewers, Bodhi is um, a, a really inspiring individual, really excited to have him on the show, just to let you know a little bit more about him. After 20 years as a lawyer, he sold his practice in uh, 2000 and studied with world-renowned leaders in leadership development, systemic constellation work, and psychotherapy, and coaching, and, and the art of presence, which we'll be talking about uh, quite a bit. He's worked in over 20 countries, empowering teams, developing leaders, supporting sustainable change in a variety of organizations and industries. He's also been married for 40 years. Uh, I salute you, Bodhi, um, <laughs> and lives with his wife by the beach uh, near Byron Bay in Australia. They've got four children and nine grandchildren, which undoubtedly keeps them tapping into the pure joy and innocence that life can offer. Um, and I'm sure there's so much more that we'll hear about Bodhi over the next 30, 35 minutes. But Bodhi, once again, really excited to have you on the show. Thank you. And we now have our 10th grandchild due in June. So, oh, uh, wow. The, 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 the clan is growing. The clan is growing. Exciting. Absolutely. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I should also say, and Bodhi's uh, an author. We uh, co-authored uh, the book along with 13 other incredible individuals, uh, visionary male leaders. Um, so lots of strings to your bow. Uh, let's just here i mean bodhi what else would you want to say just as a way of introducing yourself anything that i've missed about you on on a personal level before we dive into our conversation today i guess maybe not so much on a personal level yet you know the, the work i've been doing recently is that you know how in some ways we're all leaders you know, and as you know, working in organisations, you know, working in systems, corporate and things like that, like how important, you know, because leadership can often be attached to the hierarchical structures and the formal positions. But, you know, that that informal leadership, that ability to lead in so many layers, I think can often be missed. And, and obviously, there are, if, if leadership is about influence, then certainly people in power, in authority can have a bigger influence mm -hmm. um, but so many people influence a system um, and it's about empowering all of those people to realize that they are leaders mm -hmm. and do have an impact so just wanted to acknowledge that it's just been showing up with a few clients recently yeah brilliant absolutely i've been having 
a number of those conversations recently and a big part for me with the my business with the personal mastery academy and personal leadership it, it's that that is the starting point right as individuals recognizing that we've all got influence it's actually my favorite way of defining um, leadership influence or, or positive influence i prefer to <laughs> prefer to add that that element uh, to it because we can also have negative influence but yeah we absolutely all have influence and all have the important part, I think, with what you're drawing out there about all everyone, in a sense, being a leader is that we can all take ownership and responsibility for different tasks and 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 certain outcomes and and recognize that we've got agency. So I love that idea of moving it beyond the title and the position to how am I showing up as an individual? Mm -hmm. So, yeah wonderful thing to draw out um one of the things so we talk about a number of things on this show and in particular leading from the inside out and i, I know a big thing for you and, and your work is is this presence as as a leader and and how do you stay grounded i mean before we started the recording we were talking about some of what's going on in the world and some of the pressures and and that you know in australia you guys are dealing with floods and and there are times when it feels like life just throws so much at you and particularly when you layer on top of that some of the business responsibilities that leaders might have and maybe more so referring to senior leaders now and you, you've got business responsibilities but then you've got life responsibilities and challenges and and then maybe you've also got you know more grandkids coming like in in your case or just you know all of these things can rock us as individuals and so presence and and being grounded is so critical but what how do actually let's start off with this how do you define presence and and then we'll sort of work our way from there yeah it's always interesting when we move into these places of experience um you know presence is an experience and absolutely you know it's inside out outside in and mm. um, the key aspects of presence as i define it first is connection and as you've mentioned, one of the key connections is the grounding connection to earth. Mm. Yeah, but it's connection to the whole system. It's connection to your whole energetic system, your emotional system, your intellectual system, your energetic field. Mm. Yeah, so a big part of the practices is to connect in. Remember, we're energetic beings. Yeah, we're not just thinking machines. Mm. Mm. And then from that place of connection, it is about openness, being open to your field of energy and open as a leader to your team, to the system, to your community, to your personal relationships. And again, you know, teaching people how to be open, but not to feel invaded or have their boundaries mm -hmm. crossed. Yeah, because when you really understand presence, mm -hmm. yeah, then you can be fully open without any of that old story around, um, you know, boundaries and things like that. Um, sure. And then, you know, the other key aspect, if you think about connection and openness, the other is awareness. You know, it really is, as you know, leadership starts with self-awareness, relational awareness, systemic awareness, 
energetic awareness. And so for me, it's very much those are the key aspects of presence, to be connected and grounded, to be open and to be aware yeah, of what I'm experiencing and I'm experiencing around me. Um, and the practices I teach are all about that. Um, and, and no doubt we'll talk more about it. And really realising that, um, you know, all of the traditional wisdoms have taught these practices mm. around our energetic body. Mm. And so whilst, um, you know, you and I have studied a lot around our cognitive ability, our, you know, vertical development, our relational mm -hmm. skills, our emotional intelligence, all of these fantastic things, which are a big part of leadership, big part of corporate, mm. um, the, traditional, the traditional wisdoms, um, more and more people are realising and bringing that into leadership. It's like we are energetic beings. Mm. And, one, and one of the key teachings that I teach is, that, you know, we have what's called the vertical core, which is an energetic um, line of energy that runs through us and, and through the practices. That's how you create unwavering stillness amongst all the chaos. Mm. And you build that capacity and you build that capacity yeah, and you can get present with that. I I love that just that idea of unwavering stillness and I'd love to unpack that a bit more. I can imagine though just before we go there that some people will be wondering, hey, Obi, you said Bertie was a, a lawyer and then now he's talking about energy and he's talking about stillness and he's talking about you know being grounded and connectedness. <laughs> How did that come about? Well, how did you make that transition? So how about we circle back to that and just share a little bit about that transition for you to, to this deeper way of being? Because I think it's going to be helpful for people because sometimes they might think, oh, yeah, okay, maybe Bodhi was always, uh, you know, he lives down under. So maybe he's always been a surfer and he's always been about, you know, energy and nature. And But, you know, you were a lawyer. So how did you make that switch? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, as you mentioned, my wife and I have been together since school. Uh, you know, we, we have four children. We both went to university together. And, and you know, like a lot of people, and, and like yourself, I work a lot with people around purpose mm -hmm. um, and give some distinctions around that. Yet, um, you know, for me, uh, probably um, typical for a lot of people, you know, my mum was a single mum and, and I got pretty good grades. And she said, I said, what will I do? She said, go and be a lawyer. So it's like, okay, <laughs> keep my mum happy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was devastated when I got out of law 20 years later, by the way. <laughs> but it was very much, you know, obviously I leaned into the humanities more than the sciences. And, um, and you know, it's proved to be an amazing foundation in my life, um, studying law, learning law, even though there was a lot of resistance at times mm -hmm. in university uh, because it didn't feel like my calling. Um, mm. And yet it, it um, you know, it was a, a, a way to express myself. And, and so, yeah, so, you know, my wife and I, she studied um, teaching, you know, and basically we started our family. And so it was a fairly typical nuclear family, um, you know, both of us working, children, mortgages, mm -hmm. and, um, I guess there were a couple of milestones. The first milestone, Obi, um, on reflection, and I know we've only got 30 minutes, so 
I'll do my best with the, <laughs> with the timeline. Um, because, because we started our family so young, um, as a young lawyer working in the litigation department of a fairly large firm, it was very competitive to get ahead. And so, you know, if I worked eight hours, the person next to me worked nine hours. If I worked nine hours, they'd work 10 hours. Wow. Like it was that, you know, it was just that model. And, and but because we had children, my wife was working, I was working. Um, I remember vividly, I came home one day and she goes, this isn't working for me. Like this, you know, career climbing um, mm -hmm. and, you know, basically the model Mm -hmm. as it's portrayed and and because as i say we had children in our 20s and um, the person next to me could put in you know they were in their 20s they were partying they didn't have any commitments and and that was when we made the first shift that's when we moved out of the city and did the the sea change i guess and moved to a regional area sure and I, yeah and i think that started me on a deeper exploration um of myself uh, my mm -hmm. wife had always been interested in um, personal development, I guess, spiritual development. Mm -hmm. um, and then there were a series of events after that. Um, my wife got quite sick. Um, mm -hmm. We had four children and um, the lawyer and me wanted to fix it mm -hmm. and basically, you know, go to the doctors. What have we got to do? What, you know, and uh, where she was at with her illness, it wasn't something that could be fixed. It wasn't take a tablet and you're fixed. Mm -hmm. And so that was really a big reflection point for me about um, who am I? How do I navigate my way through this? Mm. Um, and so that was a deeper inquiry. And in fact, that's when I started to explore Buddhism for my personal practice. Mm -hmm. um, but it was out of that adversity and, and the resilience mm. required. It was like there was no um, medical solution in the short term. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I, had, I realized I had to dive a bit deeper. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was through Buddhism, my Buddhist teacher, she introduced me to some of the energy work. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that became, you know, still for, you know, another 10 years became, you know, I was practicing law during the day and doing my practices around that. Mm. Um, and, um, and then I actually got a business coach into my legal practice. Um, and she said, um, you're not that passionate about being a lawyer, are you? <laughs> 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 and I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> that's it. Um, and she invited me to join her business as a coach and help okay. me sell my practice. And then okay. from there, here we are. The rest, yeah. they say. Is, so I hope is that true. helps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's so helpful to hear that because I, I think it, it speaks to a number of things. It speaks to the reality of just the the challenge and the pressure and the demands of of work life and and what that can bring about for us and and yet at the same time the you talked about some of the different things that life threw your way right wife um your, your wife uh, being sick or or just the demands of building your family and realizing <sighs> how do we have it all? How do we have our cake and eat it? How do I, you know, work the 50 hours, still be a great husband, still be a great dad, you know, all, all of that. And, um, and that's challenging. And I love the fact that you just referred to this deeper inquiry, because sometimes what we try to do is go external and say, all right, maybe I can do this and do that and climb higher and climb, you know, get there quicker and have more money. And, but it's deep inquiry. Love the question, who am I? Actually, who am I? You know, what am I about? And 
those are the questions that begin to create a shift in us to delve deeper into our purpose um so and i'm yeah, sure that it, will it, you know it's a it's a little bit like the the great resignation isn't it which we're all talking about now you know it's like people are that calling inquiry questioning mm -hmm. is, is happening to a lot of people i think yeah 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 mm. brilliant thanks so now we can jump back to where you are and, and what you're doing and just back to the unwavering stillness and and people sometimes we we often hear that you know that analogy of you know that the duck that's that's on the um on a pond and and looks calm you know but but is frantically you know swimming underneath it and yet this when you talk about the unwavering stillness it feels like it's different in the sense that there's this intense storm around me but internally there is this incredible calm and what helps with that you, you were talking about some of the practices what what helps mm. with that from a perspective and and um yeah yeah no, it's a good way to, to flip it. And and one of the things, you know, going back as, as I was sharing and you were asking is that, uh, and I, I'm sure, I think you do it as well, and I think more and more people is that, you know, what we find is that, you know, I'm a pretty commercial guy mm -hmm. when it comes to the boardroom and helping businesses with sure. strategy and, you know yeah. what I mean? And I've also got a deep personal practice. Mm. And I think more and more leaders realizing that you can integrate that absolutely you don't have to you know you don't have to live in glastonbury and drop <laughs> out <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah this um, isn't about becoming a surfer and you know just yeah, you know, going yeah. out into the woods absolutely exactly like i've you know got a mortgage got a family got mm. a business you know and and i just want to make that point because i think more and more people are realizing that you know um and, and one of the things, you know, and I think mindfulness has been great, um, you know, this, this mindfulness um, revolution, I guess, because, um, you know, mindfulness opens the door yeah, to a much deeper inquiry into ourselves. Mm. Yeah. And one of the keys with mindfulness is you start to develop your observer self. Mm -hmm. So you start to notice your thoughts, not be in your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so to answer your question around the practices um, and mindfulness, as I say, whatever the whatever the version of that contemplation, prayer, meditation, um, what the deeper practice is beyond your observer self yet yeah, is the field of oneness. And that's where unwavering stillness resides. And mm. the practices lead you to that as being your home. Mm where you can move into that energy field you have your observer self and then you have you know, your thinking mind which is a fantastic tool you have your action your behaviors your relationships and so there are 11 key practices that i teach um, which help people get into you know, this field of oneness um, grounding is a big part of it and there are certain activation points Obi. so if you look at the chinese culture you look at the hindu culture these activation points um, are essential energy points which allow you to move back into that field of oneness. Mm. 
and you can come home to that all day. You know, I had a team of lawyers uh, yesterday, I think, where I'm teaching them in the boardroom how to be present in their day. And five, 10 minutes practice a day is all it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from there, and then, you know, you can lock into that during the day a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And the thing I've observed, and certainly my teachers in yoga, qigong and everything, most traditional wisdoms, um, and it's slightly different for the masculine and feminine, which is another podcast which we'll do, um, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> um, talk about um, a regular daily practice. Mm. And as I say, whatever that is, you know, like there's traditional practices which are thousands of years of evidence. Um, but, you know, what we know, you know, the measurement around effective leadership is most effective leaders, whatever that means, have mm. a daily reflective practice, mm. some sort of reflective practice. That can be contemplation, as I say, it can be prayer, it mm. can be meditation, mindfulness, grounding, those things. Yet uh, what I encourage all of my clients do yeah, to do is to develop a regular practice. And you mentioned earlier about habits, you know, and there's some great studies around how to develop habits. Mm. Um, and so what I know is that if you develop the habit of a daily practice, some sort of reflective practice, and these activation points that I teach are very powerful, you can get present and stay present in the busyness of running you know, a corporate, any sort of organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you get a leadership team who are willing to commit to that, mm-hmm. um, you know, the most effective way around what, what's needed at the moment in leadership, you know, we've been through the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution. We, we're just coming out of the information revolution. Google, Amazon, all the data. And... We're into the consciousness revolution now. Yeah, this is where the the way what what I believe is needed is for us to be able to tap into the energy of what's going on, and that's the fastest way to build our business, mm. deal with obstacles, those sorts of things. And and I believe you know that we're we're well into that. Mm. If that makes mm. sense. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. I, I love and thanks for obviously connecting it to some of the practicals as well because as you've said some people might look at this and think oh you know is this airy fairy no this is this is real important stuff right we um dealing with challenges in our businesses you're you're talking about lawyers who and lawyers are known to work hard right lots of information (laughs) yet you're having to address lots of um choices that you are having uh, to make lots of pressures, lots of demands. And, and, and this is, yeah, how, how do you grow your business? How do you, one of the ways that I, I think about it, uh, as a client that I was working with recently who was impacted by a lot of what's going on um, in Ukraine, uh, the um, Russian invasion there and that's challenging and you are having to make business decisions about business continuity your some of your team are are impacted how do you make the best choice how do you make the best decisions how do you not 
get hijacked in your mind by all of the different choices that you want that you need to make but make it from a place of wisdom um and that can be tough but you know what you're talking about is with all of those 101 million sometimes it feels choices you're, you're having to make how can you you know calm yourself and make some of the best choices that continue to move your business forward, your team forward, you know, serve your customers as best as you, you can. Yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that science, you know, science is now gathering the evidence for this. You know, when we look at embodied presence, when we look at the ability to be in our bodies, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and the practical applications, again, are huge. You know, the studies around science around, you know, multitasking is the most inefficient way to manage your day. Yeah, the brain cannot cope with this change, change, change. I think one of the recent studies showed that if you get interrupted by a text message or an email, it can take your brain 20 minutes to refocus back on the task. Mm-hmm. So this thing about presence, it's about being present. Yeah, it's about being present with what's in front of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, the, and the practical applications are huge. It's just counter conditioning. We've been conditioned a different way. The conditioning is I've got to do more, my to-do list. Yeah, it's all about the doing, doing, doing. Sure. Whereas with presence, it's about who am I being, who am I being while I'm doing? Am I being present while I'm doing this? Mm -hmm. And and we know this intuitively, but it's hard to change habits. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's a great thing to touch on there, right? The conditioning, because we are are conditioned to do. Um, We are conditioned to allow our ego and I talk about that just our ego driving what we're doing and and we're getting our sense of identity from what I do what I what I have what people are saying about me but the practices one of the so I I do several you know prayer reflection meditation solitude and and I find that what they help me do is remind myself who I am going back to the question you asked yourself as you were transitioning right it's yeah. okay who am I who am I being who do I how do I want to show up in in the world and reconnect with that authenticity and I find it so much purer it's richer my um, decisions my, my thoughts are clearer the ideas that come out from that space are amazing so that's the other thing right all of a sudden there's ideas that that emerge that you think I wasn't I wasn't even thinking about that problem yeah. at that point right <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that problem and it and it's and that's the bit that's counterintuitive because we often think, okay let's get in for a brainstorming session and let's do this and let's yeah. force the answer but yeah but there's a, a deeper wisdom that we can tap into that's beyond the thinking and just creating that space for that that insight and that wisdom to emerge. Um, I, I there was a client that I got this year purely from an idea that emerged. It was just an idea that emerged. I wasn't forcing it. I wasn't just you know squeezing it out. I just created that space to how can I serve more people. An idea came, put that idea out, and then before you know it, you know I'm I'm working. Uh, we've got a, a new client for our, our business. So, um, yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, it's, it is you know, I, obviously, you know, one of the one of the values often in a business is innovation. You know, yet 
you know, my experience is that when I'm present, you know, and out of my thinking mind, that's when the innovation occurs. Um, but it's creating a container for yourself and also your organisation to, to allow that to emerge, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is going to put you on, on the spot, but let's see where it goes. Have you experienced just working with a client or clients where there was huge resistance to this and then all of a sudden they begin to see the benefits and shift? What, what, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You know, like uh, before COVID, I had a large global client. And the interesting thing working with systemic work obviously, which I've studied, I studied in the UK, actually, is that um, with systemic work, um, anything that's showing up in the system is only a symptom yet yeah, from the source energy. Mm-hmm. And the source energy is, you know, obviously, usually the founders or the owners or the shareholders. Yeah. And so what happens in, in a system is that, so if I arrive to do a leadership course in a system, it's not as if some of those leaders have woken up and gone, I'd love to do some self-awareness presence practices with a guy called Bodhi. You know, as, as most, of, uh, most of us know as consultants, you know, when you're, when you're in a leadership team, um, often people are there because they got the email, you know, we're doing some leadership training, here we go again, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are two fundamental states. When we get into that natural state, I'd be when we get present, yeah, we're either in flow or resistance. Yeah, and flow is when we're in joy. Mm. Yeah, and so part of, big part of this practice with, with leaders is, yeah, where do I add most value to the business? Where do I bring the most joy and flow? Mm. Mm. And if you, look at the 80, if you look at the 80-20 rule, what I say to leaders is you need to be spending 80% of your time where you make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're in the flow and having joy. Yeah. And most of them say, well, actually, I spend 80% of my time in the weeds, dealing with problems, putting out bushfires. Sure. Yeah. And, and the more present you get, you know when you're resisting, mm-hmm. yeah, whether you're resisting or pushing or you're in your fear or in your ego fear or when you're in the flow. And when you really develop the practice, you can start to see that during your day, and that can be the, I've, I've experienced in my clients, weeks, that can be the, the most powerful barometer almost of where am I in this moment? Mm-hmm. Am I in the flow or in resistance? Yeah, yeah. And to do that, you've got to be in your body. Yeah. You've got to be present, not up here in your head bubble, in your head, in your ego, those sorts of things. Um, and so what happens is that, to answer your question, is that, sure, people are going to show up um, with some resistance, Mm-hmm. And for me, and I'm, I'm sure for yourself, as a facilitator, yeah, the, the best way to respond to resistance is compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, what, what we know is that, you know, the studies around our nervous systems is in each moment, unconsciously, our nervous system is going, is this warmth or is this warning? Mm-hmm. And as a leader, how do I create warmth? Mm-hmm. as opposed to warning and that's just our nervous system not not cognition energetically people you know and again you know all the beautiful work that is done around vulnerability um, mm. you know all of that creates that warmth that trust mm-hmm. um, and so when 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 i experience resistance in the room 
You know, the, the three keys often and the most powerful things as a leader in my experience is the three C's are connection. Yeah, so connection with self, connection with your energy field, connection with other, compassion, which is acceptance, non-judgment, all of those things, and curiosity. Mm. Just the ability to be curious. What's happening for this, this being over here? Mm. What is the resistance about, you know? And, and that can be with your team. That can be running a leadership program. That can be in your personal life. And again, I know this is great theory. The application is the is the challenge. <laughs> um, but if you can if you can cultivate that connection, compassion, and curiosity, you know, and the you know the feedback I'm getting from my clients, I'm running a leadership program at the moment, um, and just just energetically from that place, mm. they're just transforming their relationships with their team. You know, because the, as you know, the energy changes, the space changes, the people yeah. feel heard, they feel accepted, there's a level of trust, whatever the, but, it, but it's often energetic first, mm-hmm. as opposed to having to do a big cultural workshop where we're going to build trust in our business. And you know what yeah. I mean? Like, all oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you show up today, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that that is beautiful, right? <laughs> and just to to bottle that, and and I, it's so powerful. I just want to reiterate it as as we just start to wrap up that that connection, that compassion, that curiosity. I I hear, and, and you've heard this a lot, right? Organizations say, "Hey, we want to win the hearts and minds of our people, and, and we want to do that." And I and I say this all the time how can you possibly win the hearts and minds of people when you're not even connected with your own heart and mind? This isn't some flip chart activity, let's tick the box, you know, just assess a heart and mind. We talk heart and mind, this is deep, this is human, this is self, this is about energy. And so how connected am I with my heart right now? My heart for my people, my heart for customers, heart for the planet or organization, right? And, and then, then you begin to create that, that shift. And it's true. I don't, can't imagine any leader listening to this that doesn't want to um, build more trust and build more engagement and more motivation it really does start on the inside to start with, with ourselves. So I love that just reiteration of the, the three C's, the how connected am I? Um, how much compassion am I feeling my, for myself? How much curiosity am I displaying in, in this moment? So this is, and I think, you know, some of the practices that you mentioned earlier on begin to help with that, right? Just reflecting and how's my day and how did I show up today? And, um and you'll begin to see a lot of those significant changes so i i love it um yeah 10 minutes 10 minutes a day 10 minutes a day of getting in your body with some of these practice activating the key the key portals mm. um you know just yeah you know it, it can be quite a quick change for people and you mentioned the ego mind and our identity you know and obviously you know that who am i question yeah. When you get present, you start to notice your ego mind. Yeah. And there are different aspects of your ego mind. There's the strategic mind, there's the controlling mind, there's the grasping mind. Yeah. And when you notice it, and again, resistance or flow, you'll notice often mm. those aspects are in resistance. You know, your controlling mind is trying to push energy. 
And so it just allows you to go, I don't have to follow that controlling mind or strategic mind at the moment. I can just come back into the fight. Mm-hmm. Be present with that. No, brilliant. Odie, I felt like we absolutely need a part two. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime uh, i'll just wrap up with this question if you could chat with your younger self the the younger bodhi um just as you were beginning your leadership journey career journey what advice would you give knowing all that you know now relax Mm. Yeah. It's going to be okay for all of us. Yeah. And then obviously there's the, you know, the, you know, my values and guiding principles and things, you know, but, but fundamentally what I experience and what I teach and, and I, I guess I would give my younger self is to know that. Um, and again, with the practices, so, and, and our part two will be about purpose. yeah because there's a there's a there's a vertical core which is our purpose and it's a vibrational system you know and we are vibrational systems and we create the whole of our own reality from that place and so i'd be reminding my little self to relax and just stay present love it Brilliant. And those, I think, are brilliant words for our listeners and viewers as well, just to yeah, relax and, and be present and, and not in a way that takes you away from life, but in a way that allows you to live more of life in a, in a yeah. truly purposeful way. So, um, hey, to all our listeners and viewers, I hope you enjoy the show. I'm absolutely looking forward to having Bodhi on again for part two. And We've already said it, purpose, so we'll be talking about that. Can't wait. And remember that if you want to be a courageous and resilient leader, if you want to live life on purpose and with purpose, then it starts from the inside out. Have a great day. See you on the next show. And Bodhi, once again, thanks for coming on and looking forward to chatting next time. Fantastic. Thank you, Obi. Thank you, everyone. You're welcome. Bye-bye.